Hey, it's the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 116. We're telling you our favorite plugins for WordPress sites for non-designers like us. What's going on? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth, and this is Megan. And Megan, you just celebrated a huge milestone in your life. It was your 77th birthday yesterday. Congratulations. I look freaking good for 77. That's all I got to say. <laughs> that is all I got to say. No, seriously. You had a birthday yesterday. How's it? How'd it go? Mobility. <laughs> Less wrinkles. You want to know what my night routine looks like? Uh, Yeah. I, no, for, for real. I did celebrate my birthday yesterday. What'd and you do? it was awesome. We, well, we checked out a new church that just launched okay. here. So we went there and that was really fun. And then I just spent the day with my family. I took a nap. Ooh. Oh, and then and then my husband and daughter brought me birthday presents in bed as I was waking from my nap. Mm. I mean, that is like the best thing ever. Could I just get that every day? Because that was awesome. <laughs> like, hi, you are well rested. And here are some presents. <laughs> <laughs> here's food. Here's gifts. Here's our love. Yeah. That's funny. And then dinner with friends at like one of my favorite restaurants. So. Oh, great. Well, that's good. It was a great day. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a fun day. Like uh, a relaxing birthday. You're a fan of relaxing birthdays, not go out birthdays? Well, I mean, I'm in my mid-30s. I can't do much or stay up too late because I have a three-year-old that wakes up at 7 a.m. So. Yeah. My desire for going and doing things is very low. <laughs> this season of my life (laughs) i get that you know what let me tell you it stays that way for a while until they get a little older that that time has passed usually when we get home from date nights our sitter is getting dressed to go out oh my god when we're like rolling in and like oh i can't wait to go to bed she's like okay i'm going out like like, man it's 8 30 we better get home we, yeah, it is time to get ready for bed. If we if we don't get home now, we're not going to be in bed until 930, and that is unacceptable. We're going to miss the evening news. We want to watch uh, Love Connection before we go to bed. Love Connection? <laughs> you remember that show? That's why, sorry, I pulled that from my memory. Uh, my grandfather always used to watch Love Connection with the, with my grandparents. He used to watch that, and it came on at 10. Days? Love Boat Days? That's what that reminded me of. Uh, no, it's uh, it was a dating show, and it was like this guy named Chuck Woolery. I remember his name clearly because I thought that was a funny name. Uh, Chuck Woolery would have uh, a guest on, like a female or a male, and they would sit in this couch like a talk show, and that person had been on three dates with people they'd set her up, him or her up with. And then they would go through each date and have video confessionals from the date on screen as they kind of talk about the date. And at the end, the audience would pick who they thought she had the best, he or she had the best compatibility with. And then that per- contestant would basically either go with the audience or choose their own and they'd send them out on another date. Wow. I want to watch that show. It was really interesting and complicated, but it was always funny to hear when they had a bad date. <laughs> you hear the, the report. Oh, it's so very funny. 
but we used to watch that show before we went to bed when I'd go visit my grandparents. So that's my, that's my get in, get in early after a good you know meal at Luby's, you know, or something like that. <laughs> it's very vivid, very specific. Obscure references. That I have no idea what you're talking like, about. Like Luby's cafeteria. Oh, okay. All right. So this is a Texas thing. There's a cafeteria in Luby's uh, called Luby's and it is literally, it's, it's called Luby's L U B Y S. You say it again. Luby's. You just said it like six times. It's Luby's. Luby's? You know, have you heard of Luby's? Luby's. What? I don't know. Try it one more time. Luby's. Okay. It's like a golden corral. It's like the original golden corral, but it was more like you walk in and you feel like you're in like a hospital and yeah, well, a hospital cafeteria. Nobody wants hospital food. Well, I mean, I think it's safe to say that the the cafeteria is probably the most exciting part of the hospital. Well, not exciting, but it's the most pleasant part of the hospital. I mean, you've been in a waiting room, you you know, those aren't comfortable. That's fair. But the cafeteria. I wouldn't say that the hospital cafeteria is a (laughs) This is a really really random conversation we're having right now. (laughs) Before we talk about plugins. Yeah, what are we talking about today? This is unproductive. <laughs> I played basketball this today, yesterday for the first time in two years. And talk about that. In two years? Uh, in a while, probably ten years. Um, I I used to play a lot, but um, I had knee surgery and back surgery and all kinds of other things, and I'm overweight, so I don't do that much. But um, yesterday, I actually I, I've been afraid to run because of my knee, and I actually took off running yesterday after a ball, and I was not running with a hitch, and it didn't hurt, and I was like, oh. I can still do this. I bet that felt great. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let's do this more. So I'm going to start going and playing some ball with the, I was playing with my son. Yeah. He's, he's down at the, we, we rode our bikes up to the playground and we're playing basketball and it was just really, really great. And I'm like, okay, this is, I need to do this more. So I get to do that this weekend. So I'm going to do that again. Oh, I'm playing drums for the church that I'm going to this next weekend. It's it's a wild it's a wild ride right now in the Mute household. Wow, you're just you're just hitting all of these new things. Yeah, and uh, then we we're going to Luby's. New things, new old things. New new older things, and then we're gonna go to Luby's. And then you're gonna go yeah, and watch uh, the connection. Uh, yeah, and watch Love Connection before we go to bed at nine o'clock. But anyway, all right. So it, let's let's get to let's talk about plugins. I know that um, every church website. <clears throat> every church communicator who's running a website is constantly looking at plugins. And there's some that say, don't do any plugins. And there's some that say plugins are life and, and whatnot. But I know that if you're using a WordPress site, that's primarily what we're discussing is like plugins for WordPress. Cause that's obviously the world runs on WordPress for the most part. I know there's others, there's Squarespace, which is great. And there's uh, um, you know, different builders and different kinds of platforms you can use. But uh, for most churches, we're, a lot of us are using WordPress. And so uh, I thought we would find, talk about a few of our favorites that we have, have used. And um, you know, I'll just do a couple quick fire ones that um, you know, churches can, can add on quick that won't break anything that just adds some little helpful, um, you know, features to your website on the back end. Um, that cool. That sounds awesome. That sound I, mean, I'm, I am here for things that don't break things. Yeah. Uh, oh man. And how many times have we updated a plugin and it just shut the site down and you're like, Oh, that's why we back our site up. That's why we use hosting like flywheel. 
Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. So I'll give you a couple, like three, here, here's three real quick ones. First one, if you're using a WordPress site, classic editor is the name of the plug plugin. And what it does is it disables Gutenberg, which is a problem. What's, what is this Gutenberg you speak Gutenberg of? is the new version of WordPress that really tries to make it more like simply like medium. And a lot of builders and a lot of other plugins have a problem working with Gutenberg. Um, plus, well, now it's probably not as bad. They probably figured it all out. But the problem with Gutenberg is that it just, it, it doesn't, it, it's, it's, it's a whole different way to interact with WordPress. And it doesn't make sense to a lot of people who have this classic understanding of how it works. And so they announced it for like almost a full year and said, here's what it's going to do. Get ready. Here's some tutorials. And they really try to roll it out well, but nobody, I don't, I don't know anybody that's like, I love Gutenberg. And so classic editor, you just install this real quick and it basically flips you back to the way you were and keeps you, keeps you on a WordPress site that you can use. Uh, then another one I like is called duplicate. And all it does is it adds a little button to the back end for when you're on a post or a page that you can click really quick that duplicates that page. And it's, I think it's called duplicate that page. Super helpful. Yeah. And I know you can make like templates and just go into your templates and start a new page, et cetera, et cetera. But um, this puts a button like right there in the post that you're working on. So if you have one open, you can hit duplicate. If you go into your uh, list of posts or pages, it's right there under the little quick, quick fire just hit duplicate. It's it makes it really simple and it doesn't take up a lot of space. So I like that one. And the last one I wanted to say really quick is Facebook Pixel. There's a plugin called Facebook Pixel that is by Facebook for WordPress that it makes it super easy to put your Facebook Pixel on your site. So all the stuff that you would normally have to do to get that to work, it just kind of says here, put your API for Facebook here or your Pixel you know API in here and we'll set it all up for you. And so you're set up. It's a quick like 30 second fix. These are all really great things for those of us who aren't like website developers or yeah. super familiar with how to create custom CSS or, you know, mm -hmm. like you said with the Facebook pixel, it can be super complicated. It mm -hmm. seems like it should be easy, yeah. but you, when you have to insert code into like the HTML mm -hmm. that you, you lost me. Yeah. And it scares me. It scares me. It scares a lot of people. You know, when they start going, hey, I need to copy this code tag to this part of the website. And I'm like, well, how do I do that? Like, people don't know how to do that. Right. And we, we can build a website. We can start one. Okay. We can set it up on WordPress. But we don't know code. That's why we're using these platforms. You know, it's like we don't want to know that stuff. Um, right. And so if you're a web developer and you're kind of like, how do I get... And, and Facebook Pixel is one of those things that people really don't understand either. And so they're like, why would I need that? Well, it's a way to connect those that visit your website to the audiences you try to build on Facebook for Facebook ads. So now if you add your Pixel to your website, when you create audiences, it'll add this feature to, um, to do kind of the same audience or lookalike audiences on Facebook ads for people that have visited your website as well that haven't maybe visited your Facebook page. So it's a way to integrate those two things and get more audience from more sources for Facebook to show stuff to um, when you do an ad. So your dollars Are go you further. Are you able to do retargeting through your Facebook pixel? I'm sure. Yeah. I don't do too much with it. I just kind of have it set up so that I know when my audiences are created, I'm including those that have come to the website. But yeah. um, for the most part, I think I'm sure you can. Uh, there's a lot of people. RA, check out RA Marketing. Um, Alejandro Reyes, 
uh, Chris Abbott. Uh, these are all people that are really good with Facebook ads and can understand that kind of stuff. I'm sure there's others I'm missing, but, um, that are going to that are friends of mine. They're going to go, why don't you say my name? So I'm sorry. Hey, hit me up in the comments, uh, on this, on this page. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people that really understand Facebook ads a lot better than I do, but I know that with that pixel, you're going to have to have that set up if you really want to include your website traffic with your Facebook ads. So that's a good, uh, plug in to have, cause it makes it real simple to do that. Well, and I think when it, when like the, the further along we go in this digital marketing world, the more important it is that we're actually reaching people that are interested in us. Mm -hmm. And that is our target audience as opposed to reaching this, you know, shotgun approach, broad variety. Yeah. It's just working less and less. And if the Facebook pixel is just a really great tool that is becoming a necessary tool Mm -hmm. to make sure that we're like targeting the people that actually care. Yeah. And I think the caveat to that is, is that with our digital tools, you're absolutely right. Like I think when you're trying to find people who don't or aren't already interested in us, um, you can do that online too, because that's evangelism, right? But um, I think that's still best through relationships and people, but you can start those relationships online. But I think when you're talking about how are we getting information out there or how are we connecting with people showing up, showing up in the right people's feeds that are already kind of geared towards wanting to know about this kind of uh, what we do. Um, You know, it, it's Facebook wants to show stuff to people who want to see it. And so about like how every church has its own personality mm -hmm. and its own, like you could almost give a character to Mm -hmm. each church, right? Like you could name them, say the things that they like to do, what their interests are, their likes or dislikes. And that's going to appeal to different people groups and types of people. Right. And you want to make sure that when you are quote unquote evangelizing digitally, mm-hmm. that you are, that you are showing up in front of people that are going to be attracted. Yeah. And and that's the thing is like when you, when you create these ads, you know, you, you've got so many options to target that if you're, if you're creating an ad, that's an invite to your, um, that says, Hey, come to church. Here's when we have times or whatever don't show that to somebody who hates Christianity, you know, show that to people who like it. But if you've got an ad, that's like, here's five reasons to believe the resurrection's true. That's something you might want to show to someone who doesn't think that, you know, and so you can target through who's visited your site and, and get that information off pixel, uh, for the people for that first ad. So you're like, I know who those kinds of people are who are interested. And then you can go do a broad search with Facebook and not even use the pixel really to find the rest, you know, so it just helps you to target better, uh, to have that information. Cause otherwise, if you're just doing a, a round search, you're going to get your, Hey, come to our church ad that are going to hit, you know, 20% of the people you really want it to 40% of the people who really don't want to maybe sit, you know, you know, and the rest I'm doing, I'm doing bad, bad math. I almost said 60%. Uh, but the rest of the rest of the percentage are like, you know, people who don't even live near you or, you know, however you target it. So, um, to, to give him, you, I know everybody hates to give information out, but data is the day is, is the ruler of the day right now. And the better data you have, the better you can connect. And why I love this plugin is that it doesn't require me to have, you know, an associate's degree in SEO in order to get this data. And so, <clears throat> which I don't think they have, have those. So, I don't know if that's a thing, but so, I know what you were, I know where you were going you know, with I'm that. Going, you, know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I, I, but, but like, <laughs> I, I can do it. I can do it. 
Okay. So tell me about some of the, you listed some here. We we're going to talk about that are, are really great for uh, back in building, especially. So tell me a couple of years that you, you found. So plugins. one of the ones I was thinking of that I really liked is called Elementor, mm-hmm. like Elementor page builder. I have a few clients that use this and what's really nice about it is I'm not like, I'm not a web developer. I don't know how to like make pages look super pretty unless it's already built into like the theme. Yeah. So Elementor is just really easy. It's kind of like plug and play. You yeah. can drag and drop. You can change the sizing of things within the plugin itself and make things look really pretty without having to customize a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. I need that and I I really appreciate it. Yeah. I've used Elementor as well. Um, the Church Communications website, uh, churchcommunications.com nice. uses it. Um, and that was my first experience. It's really easy to use. It is. So mm-hmm. I, I recommend that. I use Divi for my personal site, but so they have I, one kind of built in. I am in. not a Divi fan. You're not? I just not like Divi. I really like it. It, it works for me. Um, that's the thing. It's like there's so many different versions of things that you can find that, that work for you. And if you've got something that's not working for you, then change it. You know, yeah. get it so that you can actually edit your website. And Elementor is a great option. Yeah. It's not free, but it's not. it's only 50 bucks a year for one website. Oh, so, that's not bad. And I think it's 99 if you have three or more. So it's not bad. Like it's not an expensive plugin. Yeah, that's not bad. One worth having if you want to, you know, make your pages look better. And mm-hmm. you don't know how to do that without some sort of assistance. Yeah. And I know like, there's there's other builders out there that are are good too. But what I like about Elementor is the interface to use it just makes common sense. And you don't have to look for a lot. It just kind of, it's real plain to say, here's what this is. Do you want to do this or this? You know, and it's like, oh, well, okay, that makes sense. So if you're not a web person, you don't know a lot of jargon, um, yeah. you know, you don't have time to just look around for how to do things. It's all kind of right there on the top and, and easy to use. So I like that one too. What else you got? Um, so then I also have, it's called Smush, mm-hmm. which I love saying. Smush. 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 Image. Image compression and optimization. Okay. Like the worst thing, one of the worst things, not the worst. That's an exaggeration <laughs> that could happen on your website. Is it be super slow? Like yeah. if it's super slow to lo- load, people are going to leave. Well, Google's going to punish you too. So it is pretty bad. That's, that's true. So maybe it is the worst. Maybe I'm not exaggerating. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, again, going back to the, like, I'm not a web developer. This is not my expertise. So anything that can help like make sure that things are optimized in the way that they should be is helpful to me. Mm-hmm. And so what it does is it automatically compresses your images without the loss of quality for your website. Yeah. And so that is like gold for someone like me who has no idea what I'm doing right. when it comes to like, is this the right size? Is this going to look good when it up, when it uploads? And you know, I'll spend 30 minutes resizing images cause I had low, I had quality issues with the one I just did, you know, yeah. Yeah. It saves me. That's super annoying too when you're trying to resize photos for the web. And Photoshop has an export. Um, it's called Save for Web. That you can change the quality and, and adjust all of that. But even that, um, sometimes it's hard to know what the website needs. And so having it done automatically is super helpful. So if you had like a, a an image that was saved for web already and put it in there, it might be you know 150k image which is still a pretty decent size image but that's going to take it and crush it down to a, a much faster uh or smaller and faster file size that yeah. um 
you know, it's going to do it automatically. Kind of caps what you can put in there too. I think there's a, um, you know, with most of those kind of things, I've used a couple of different ones of those, but I've used Smush as well. But I remember when you when you upload the uh, the photos to your media bin, it automatically smushes them down right then. And there's like a cap; it can't be bigger than this. But it lets you load it, fixes it, and now you're using it in the right size, right? That's beautiful. Yeah. Yes, that was. Yeah beautiful description. Yeah. So it makes it super easy to, you know, make sure you stay under that because you set the cap when you first mm-hmm. start, you can adjust it. And, and so, but their factory settings are kind of the recommended and they're usually pretty good, but all yeah. right. So um, the third one you had was gravity forms. I know a lot of churches need forms for their website. Um, and they are often like, how do we get information from people? Or we want to do a connect card. And there's always like a third party, like, Wufu or Typeform or some other thing that we're using or we build our own. Um, what what do you know about Gravity Forms? It's a, it's a plugin for your yeah. website, so it's integrated. But tell us how how it works. I think in a, a lot of cases, it's nice to have those forms built in to mm-hmm. your website as opposed to like sending them to outside places. Yeah. So Gravity Forms is just it's a really I don't hefty is that the right word? Yeah. It's like. There's a lot you can do with gravity forms that I really like. So yeah. you can do like if you have if you want to put job openings on there and you want people to be able to upload their resume, you can mm-hmm. do the whole that whole process for job applicants. Or um, if you want to do some sort of giveaway and you want people to submit stuff on your website, like you could do that on there. You could do surveys. You could do user registration if you don't have some sort of like, you know, CMS thing or if you just want to do it through your website that's easy too cool um just a lot of options for gravity forms that just make it really simple and you don't have to utilize all these third party yeah it's it's not free either is it it's a it's a paid deal it's not it's 59 uh i think it's 59 a year okay but um if you if you don't want to pay 59 bucks a year for it a comparable, like I think a comparable one is Ninja Forms. Have you ever used them? I haven't. Before? I actually use Formidable Forms. Um, that's another one. They have a free version that's pretty great. Formidable. Formidable Forms. I use those um, because they're they're free and it does enough yeah. that I want it to do, but it doesn't do logic uh, on the free version. Yeah. Gravity Forms does logic. Yeah. And and that's one of the benefits of having the forms that you pay for for a plugin is that is is logic. And what we mean by logic is that... You can have questions that only appear on the form because of the way they answer other questions. So if you, for a communication request, if you want to make that in your form, um, have a drop down that says, what type of request is this? And if you say graphic design, then a set of graphic design questions pops up. And if you say video request, then a set of video questions pops up. And it's a way to have like one form that to rule them all, you know, that, that uh, allows people to only fill out the questions that you're going to need for that type of request. Um, and so when you're thinking about other forms for your website, you know, I don't know, up surveys, things like that. It's the, it's the, if this, then that yeah. is the whole logic. thing, Right. And, and it would be really great. Like think about your connect card. Um, you know, it's, we all we all know that like a digital connect card works you know the smaller printed connect cards you want to ask as little as possible but if they're filling out a card online and the question is do you have children then they say no then they don't have to 
even look at the 15 blanks to fill out what their kids' names are, et cetera, et cetera. And it just doesn't feel overwhelming. You know, it's like, even if they are like, yes, and then, oh, here's a blank to fill it out. It's like we're guiding you through a process and it's, it's like we're there with you a little bit and not um, just a, hey, here's a giant form. Go figure out which blanks you need to fill out. You know, it's, it's smart. It's like I'm trying to tailor this experience to you. And even if it takes a minute to do it, that's, I think people are more apt to use something like that. So the paid for logic on a form for your website is really helpful, I think, uh, to, 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 to look into as a, and a simple plug-in too. It's not, it is robust, but it's not heavy on your website. The word, yeah. that's the word I was looking for. Not hefty. Robust. What? Robust is a good reform theologian word. What the heck? Hefty. You almost think I, I didn't eat two donuts this morning. <laughs> I did. When, when I went to seminary, um, I, I, I heard that word robust to describe, we need a robust theology about, and, and I thought, oh, they said a word I've never heard before, but it's like a, a, a common word that you only hear at seminaries and in like really hyper theological situations. For me, that's all I've heard it. I don't hear anybody say robust. So whenever I, whenever I do hear somebody say robust, I'm like, oh, you went to seminary. <laughs> I would not have equated that word with seminary, but. It's funny. It, and, and uh, you know, I don't know if it's like most, most seminaries, but I went to um, uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. And it's, it's kind of a, it's a reformed theology school, you know? And, and so in that, that vein of theology, um, there's, there's always a desire for robust theology and, and, and those church fathers. So anyway, that's what I've heard. I've heard that word. I love that word. Uh, that was random. (laughs) Yeah. Super random day today. I want people to equate my experience with seminary. I need to just use the word robust more. Yeah. Well, it's in the title of this podcast. So this is a robust podcast. I'll tell you that. We're going to give you a robust education on whatever we're talking about. All right. So I'll, I'll throw out my next robust uh, plug, in, plug in real quick. Uh, SEO press is my favorite plugin for SEO. Um, I like Yoast as well, but um, Yoast has changed over the years. It's a good one too, but um, I feel like SEO press is more robust and I would say Yoast is what is the opposite of robust? Robustless. <laughs> it is. Uh, let's see. Robust. If it's robust, it has to be remiss. Remiss. Uh, rem- remiss. Am I? I don't know. I don't know. I w- So it's early this, in the morning. This is a conversation we were having before we started recording because I've only ever used Yoast. I really like Yoast. Yeah. But you were telling me about some of the stuff that SEO Press does that Yoast no longer allows you to do on the free version, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, and SEO Press is free as well. Um, yeah. When when I used Yoast before, like I, I've used it for a long time, and you know, I used their free version. I even upgraded for a church, and honestly, couldn't see much difference at the time. But um, they just offer some extra little, little perks, but now with SC, with Yoast, um, you know, they, they limit a lot of what you can do. It still helps. It's still a great plugin. If that's what you're using is, you know, 
Better than I'm, nothing. I'm not recommending s- switching, but um, if you really want to dig into SEO a little bit more, the free version of SEO Press allows uh, just a easier uh, back end of all of the stuff that it actually adds to like a post for a blog or a page. Um, it allows you to select one keyword. Um, then it runs a test for that keyword and that test is definitely more robust and it uh, shows like, more details uh, than Yoast does when it, it runs a test. Cause what it's doing is checking your, what you've written there to see like, and giving you a score on, you know, how optimized your content is for that keyword. So if you're wanting people to search in Google for that keyword, uh, what's the, what are the chances that it's going to show up as an, as a, uh, a result? Um, honestly, if you're not paying for stuff nowadays, probably not, but still like if you're searching for specific things in your church website, you know, on your search bar or something, uh, it helps as well. But, um, what it does, it allows you to in, input snippets really clearly, um, and metadata and alt tags and um, uh, excerpts. So if you don't know what any of those things are, that's basically what the, the robots that rule the internet are looking for when they're looking at your page to help deliver it to people. And when you, like if, when you do a Google search and you see the results, uh-huh. the, it's the it's what copy shows that is in blue mm-hmm. is what would be the title. And then all of those words underneath are the descriptor. So even if like SEO aside, help like adding in the title and the metadata mm-hmm. description helps clarity mm-hmm. and, and aesthetics, which I think is, is important too. Yes. So like you'll see stuff all the time when you Google something and that description is like just super random words or it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't actually tell you what that website is yeah it just you know it's just picking up something from the back end sometimes or like random dates yeah and it was published and and you may have a website builder that you're using um like a divi or something that's that is is doing some of that for you but it's a it's just easier with a plugin like this to set it all up and just kind of override your general settings for your website and do something like an SEO press or Yoast because it puts it all right there on that post. So while you're building it or that page or whatever you've got, while you're building it, you can just clearly say, this is what I want it to look like when they find it. This is what I want them to see. You can write something special for it. And when I'm doing my blog um, on SethMuse.com, the grid format is set up to show a photo the header, you know, the featured image, and then it shows the title and then it shows, um, a little short little blurb about what that blog is about. And what I've got it set up is it's the excerpt. Cause if I don't, it's going to pick random, whatever I wrote first as the title. And that may or may not, however I formatted the page may look weird in there. And so I've set yeah. it up so that I can, I can pick what that little blurb is with the excerpt. So I always fill that out and I use the same thing for a snippet, which is what Google sees. Um, and it gives you both those fields in SEO press that I really like. It makes it very easy to say, here's when it's, here's what it's going to look like when you find it in these different places. Um, and then it tells you whether or not you've got it optimized with that keyword well enough as well. And it gives you a, a this is what Yoast doesn't do. Um, SEO press will give you this list of here's all the different things we looked for and how you scored in all those things. So you know what to fix when it doesn't score very well. And that's super helpful. I Yoast used to do that. It used to on the free, but it doesn't anymore. 
not anymore. It, well, it, it does, but it's very limited. Like it doesn't give you all of that. SEO press is like what Yoast used to be when it was, when it was free and was giving everything away. And SEO press is basically doing that. And I, and I haven't had it break with, I haven't had to break anything. Um, one of the things you want to look at with plugins too, and we didn't mention this yet, is when you're downloading these plugins, you look at those ratings and and look at how long ago they updated. Because if they're updating recently, and they're keep, then they're keeping up with changes that WordPress is doing. And so that means it's le- it's less likely to break your website with a plugin that's constantly being updated. And if they've got like four or five star rating, but only like from like two people, that's nothing. It, it, look for the one that's been reviewed by like a bunch of people and it's still got four or five star rating. Uh, so there's just ways you can look at these plugins that you can make sure you're downloading something that's going to work with your site. It's not going to break it. It's going to actually help you because the last thing you want to do is just up, download something that just makes your site go down for, for a day while whatever hosting company that only has email ticket you know, support for you takes their merry time getting to you and won't talk to you on the phone, which is what we had at hope when I first started and it was a mess. So you do not want to get into that. You want to get it where it's super easy. Doesn't break stuff. And all of the plugins that we talked about today, those are all ones that are really well known. Yeah. They work really well. Like lots of people use them. So they're all, those are all safe to use. Mm -hmm. None of those are experimental. Those are all like very common, well-known plugins that are widely well, and they're and they're updated. They're all they all stay up to date, so you can trust those. And if you go into one, you find that it's not. Let me know because I'm paying attention to that. I haven't opened some of these in a while, but um, I tend to update my plugins pretty regularly because um, they're keeping up with the updates that are happening with WordPress or with Divi. And <clears throat> every time I have an update, you know, it's I got to update WordPress. Oh, does Divi work with it? Or if Divi updates, does it work with WordPress? Does it work with my plugins? Which is why, you know, bonus here, get get site hosting like Flywheel that might be a little more expensive, but that regularly backs up your website for you. I'm serious. I go into Flywheel when something goes, goes wrong and they've backed up within the last six hours. I can always just hit quick one button restore previous site to previous whatever pick which one i want and it and it fixes everything and so i know don't update that plugin and that has happened uh and that's honestly a big reason why i switched from yoast to seo is because i was updating yoast and it was breaking my website so they're not updating their free version that i was using as often and with divi and wordpress going through all the changes they're going through like i can't have that so um, I looked for something else and found this one and really have liked it. SEO press. So anyway, yeah, good stuff. yeah that's the long and the short of the, the plug-in discussion. Gold knowledge right there. <laughs> and this, this is all from me. Like I, I am not a developer, man. I do not code. I don't do CSS. Uh, if you ask me to t- go into the code and make a paragraph, you know, center justified, I wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, I have no idea what that is. Uh, but I edit websites. And I, and I, you know, I'm decent at it and it's because of these builders and these plugins that work and make it so that something I can do for me and for people. And so if you're running a website, your church, this is definitely something to, uh, grow in and learn about, um, how to do. So anyway, any other, any other plugins that you had? Did you have anything off the top of your head? Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Megan's not too into the plugin deal either. But um, but I hope this is helpful. I think it has been. Whole new world, you know. 
Yeah, it is a whole new world. So, and these, yeah, these are all ones that I've used and they've all been helpful. Except SEO Press. I've used Yoast. Yeah. I've used SEO Press. Right. You should try it. Might like I it. Try it. I should try it. I mean, it, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I've always, I've only ever used Yoast and I've loved it. And mm-hmm. I tell everybody to use it because I don't know. It just feels like yeah. that's my favorite cow. Well, it's, it's one of the, see. one of the things about being in these Facebook groups is that sometimes we get the same recommendation over and over and we forget that there's other things out there. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Good, good commentary. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's what I'm here for, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Say yes. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. All right. All right. Let's wrap this up. Okay. Well, I think that's it for today. That's what we got for you. So hopefully those plugins will help you with your website. It will help you kind of navigate and, and control um, the functionality of your website and the back end, as well as make it look a little better. You know, Elementor is pretty great. Um, and, and that's smush and gravity forms all help you with like content, uh, a lot. So I hope that's helpful. I get the show notes. We'll link to all these at, uh, at sethmuse.com slash one sixteen one one six. Um, and then we will make sure that you can get to those. Um, you can always go to WordPress plugins, and uh, just add new and then search and find these. Um, so that should be probably the easiest way to do it because you can just install it right there. But um, we will put the links to the actual pages as well if you're a download and upload kind of person. But uh, at least you can check them out. So, Megan, thanks for again for uh, you know helping me out with the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. Really love having you around. It's pretty awesome to be able to have somebody to talk to all the time. You're not, not just talking in your head and your own head. Yeah. I'm just talking to myself um, and hoping people listen <laughs> like, Hey, let's tune in. That's in that podcast though. Let's tune in and listen to this guy's talk to himself. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Uh, we no, didn't... this is great. You've got a great community <laughs> here and it's fantastic. Yeah. And, and speaking of community, there's some things coming up that I want to tell you about. Um, if you uh, we haven't heard about it yet, uh, when this drops on Tuesday of this week, we are putting together, Church Communications is putting together uh, an online free summit for any, any churches that want to learn how to master Instagram. It is called the Insta Summit, and that's where you can find it, www.theinstasummit.com. You can sign up. It's free. It's a three-day conference uh, where we're going to bring in some heavy hitters, man, for not just church world, but business world, people that have mastered Instagram, influencers that are really good at it, uh, people that are running their own business on Instagram. So it's not going to be one of, you know, just a, hey, here's how the church is doing it. This is like, this is how people who are running Instagram really well are doing it. Um, so super beneficial. It's free. Obviously you can do it on demand for 97 bucks and get all of it, you know, for, uh, you know, whenever you can watch it. It's pretty awesome. Practical, tactical advice. Yeah, absolutely. It's practitioners, people that have done it, you know, the people that are doing it now that just get it. And man, I, I think Instagram is, is the next, is the platform to be on. Honestly, it's on fire. Yeah, it really is. And the churches are always like, we're trying to reach young families. Okay, well, how are we doing that? We've got a Facebook page. Like, well, that's not all you need. You know, Instagram is where a lot of these 30-somethings are. 
Yeah, Facebook keeps getting harder and harder mm-hmm. to show up. Yeah. And in an article I wrote today um, about watching brands and how they're, they're doing social media um, instead of watching big churches, it's, uh, you know, one of the things that they do is that if a brand has a platform where their, their content goes out and it shows to 1% of that following, is the brand going to really invest heavily in that platform? No. But we are just plugging away at Facebook you know, pages and posting stuff like it's the best thing in the world because we got 20 likes. Well, if you've got 8,000 people that watch you, 20 likes is not great. You know, it's like, that's not a good place to, so anyway, it's, it's one of those things for Insta summit. What we're going to be talking about is how to really leverage Instagram because there are people there that can see more of your content. It's a great way to engage the platform. Just it keeps growing and keeps getting better. Uh, 500 million daily active users on Instagram number is now, but it, it's constantly growing. Yeah. It's insane. And, and stories as well about the same. So, um, anyway, that's going to be a great conference. I hope you can make it go to the instasummit.com and get your ticket. It's free and, uh, you can watch it's going to be in April, April 27th through the 29th. So make sure that you go sign up for that. All right, Megan. Well, thanks. Great show today. Had a good time. Yeah. See you next time. All right. See you guys. Have a good one.